1: In 2022, I would love for you to join my Patreon group. I offer at least two bonus episodes a month and a monthly advanced read and pre-publication author chat. For those on Facebook, I host a special Patreon Facebook group where we all chat books. Thanks so much to those who already participate, and I hope you will consider joining us. Today, I am chatting with Annabelle Monahan about Nora Goes Off Script. Annabelle is the author of two young adult novels, A Girl Named Digit, optioned by the Disney Channel, and the sequel, Double Digit. She is also the author of Does This Volvo Make My Butt Look Big, a selection of laugh-out-loud columns that appeared in the Huffington Post, The Week, and The Rye Record. Nora Goes Off Script is her adult debut novel. I just recently released my summer reading list, which includes all sorts of great recommendations for summer 2022. Nora Goes Off Script is on the list, and you can find a link to the entire list in the show notes. I hope you enjoy our conversation.
0: Coming up... The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades, so Five Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.
1: Welcome, Annabelle. How are you today? I am great, and I'm so excited
0: to be on your podcast.
1: I am so glad you're here. I absolutely loved Nora goes off script, and I know we've been communicating on social media, but it's nice to actually get to speak to each other. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you liked it. Well, and huge congrats are in order. You had a starred review from Publishers Weekly and Booklist, and you're a June Indie Next pick. You must have just been thrilled to pieces.
0: It's just it's it blows my mind. All of it. It has been so exciting, and just to have anybody respond positively to something that came from your heart. It's just, it's such a good feeling. One of
1: the things I love about Bookstagram is having books put on my radar. And I feel like Nora Goes Off Script is one of those books that months ago, it started just popping up right and left. And everybody who I follow that I usually line up well with was like, oh, this book is so great. Oh, this book is so great. And it's really fun to see that happening and then to pick it up myself and also love it. It'll be on my summer reading list. I just thought it was fantastic. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, why don't we start with you just talking a little bit about Nora Goes Off Script for those that won't have read it yet.
0: Okay. So it is a story about Nora Hamilton, who is a screenwriter, and she writes a movie about her divorce. And when it's filmed on location at her home, she ends up falling in love with the actor who plays her husband in the movie. So you know, that's the elevator pitch, Um, but it's a lot about, you know, life imitating art and art imitating life because she's writing a movie about her real life.
1: How did you come up with the subject matter for this one?
0: Well, it came in a lot of different, from a lot of different directions. And I think that maybe I'd been thinking about it for a long time. In 2019, I was sick in bed for a while and I sort of got hooked on the Hallmark channel you know, those 120-minute you know, made-for-television romance movies. And I would sit there and I'd watch like two and three in a row. And I'd think to myself, like, wait, isn't that the same movie, just like with slightly <laughs> different details? You know, last time she had a cupcake store, and this time she has a ballet studio, but isn't that the same guy? Like, I just couldn't get over how it was the same movie over and over again. And I ended up actually waiting until the end to see the credits, to see who was writing these movies, because I I thought maybe it's just the same person who keeps doing this. And I just sort of ran with it. I started wondering what kind of a person would want to write the same kind of movie over and over again with these very idealized towns, idealistic towns, and very just it's like kind of selling a female fantasy that we're all trying to pick up on. And um, that's where Nora came from, because I was just wondering what it would be like to be a woman who writes these movies, you know, to support her family if she'd never actually been in love. So that's where that came from.
1: Well, it was an interesting time for me to read this book because I've never been a Hallmark movie watcher, but I find myself watching them regularly now because my dad has Alzheimer's and the show is one of the things that he can really watch that will settle him, which is so interesting to me. So I end up sitting with him a fair amount of the time and watching these movies. And I do struggle a little bit because they are the same movie over and over again. But it's also made me really wonder like what it is about those movies that make him more settled or more comfortable.
0: Well, you know, I, I, I find that fascinating, actually, because, you know, it, it was a great comfort to me when I was like, I couldn't read or anything. And I just wanted something low stakes, to entertain me and sort of take me out of where I was. And there's something so beautiful about, about these people's lives and their problems are really rather small. And you know, these women support themselves on jobs that are basically hobbies. You know, oh, I like making cupcakes. Now I'm a cupcake magnet. Oh, I'm gonna support my family making custom wreaths to sell to my community. <laughs> And, you know, they all have marble countertops and these gorgeous houses. And I'm like, wow, how many custom wreaths can you really sell in a season to, to make that happen?
1: In this tiny town.
0: In this tiny town. <laughs> right. I mean, there only so many front doors. Exactly. I would just do the math. But, you know, the families come together and the relationships between the parents and the protagonists are always very beautiful. And if they're not, they're always resolved. Um, I, I can understand how it's a comfort.
1: I think that's right. And the news is so incredibly stressful right now. And whenever he watches the news, it's coming out in his dreams and in other fears that he has. So I think you're probably right. It's just something that's very happy. There's not going to be something horrible happening that then really stresses him out.
0: Yeah. I think they're probably very good for our mental health. Yeah, that's probably true.
1: Was it so much fun to write this book? I loved all of the humor sprinkled throughout. Are you funny in real life?
0: Um, I I I like to have a good sense of humor. Um, I like to, I think things are funny. I, I think just about everything's funny. I, that's just how I look at things. So that's a very fun way to live. I had more fun writing this book than I've ever had doing anything else in my life. Um, I wrote it during quarantine during, you know, very dark times when I wasn't quite sure that the world was a going concern. So I just sort of escaped into my laptop and just laughed. I just, I really had a great time writing it.
1: Well, I had a great time reading it. I just thought you brought everything together, humor, a wonderful protagonist, this great relationship, a town, a job that actually is a going concern. (laughs) Um, Just so many different things that worked really well together. One of the things I like so much about the book was the way it resolved. And obviously, this is spoiler free, but not just the resolution itself, but the way it came about. And I have seen so many other people say that as well. Did you always know how it was going to end and how you would get there? Or was that something that it took you a while to get there as you were writing?
0: I I had no idea. I had no idea. I knew how it was. I knew if it was going to be a happy ending or not but I had no idea how I was going to get there. And the way I got there sort of came to me on a walk in the woods, which is pretty much how everything comes to me is just walking in the woods. Everything about writing this book surprised me because I didn't didn't really anticipate even Nora's development, how she was going to sort of dig herself out of a sadness that she felt. And I ended up being really proud of her. Like I was really cheering for her just sort of picking herself up and moving in the right direction in her life. So yes, that, that surprised me as if I had not written the book myself.
1: Well, I loved it. And I thought it worked very well. And it wasn't something that I expected. So just all the way around, it, it worked very well. Wow. Thank you. I think Nora is really resonating with people. And you mentioned that a little bit a minute ago in terms of developing Nora and how she was dealing with her problems. What do you think it is about Nora that people are liking so much?
0: I don't know. I think she's a fairly straightforward person who's just trying to do the right thing. You know, she's not, she's not terribly self-serving. She's a person who wants to put food on the table for her children. And that, that's a very heroic thing to be doing, to be a person who takes care of a family. And what I, I don't know what people like about her, but what I like about her is that she is just killing it at, at keeping everything moving, and I, I'm not a single mom, but my mother was a single mom and I grew up watching her sort of scramble and, you know, make it, make everything work for us. And, you know, I saw moments where she really wished she had somebody else to run things by and I just, it was, it was difficult. So I think, I think it's just, it's wonderful to see somebody get through that uh, successfully and happily.
1: Exactly, but not perfectly, which is what I really liked about her. It wasn't like she was just the perfect person doing everything exactly correctly. She was trying to muddle her way through, as we all do, trying to figure out, okay, what's going to work and what's not. But she was on her own and trying to make sure she provided the best way she could for her kids.
0: Yes. I, yes. I mean, she's more like a real person. I mean, she's, she certainly makes a lot of mistakes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's what probably really does appeal to people is that she's very human.
0: Yes. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I've also been sort of surprised. Uh, It tickles me. I've seen comments uh, in various places where people are really happy to see a woman her age in a romantic relationship because she's older and she's 39. (laughs) So that cracks me up. I'm 52. And I think I'm pretty sure 39-year-old women are still in the game. I mean, it doesn't, she doesn't seem that old to me. But I think that normally in these sort of stories, the woman's, you know, 25, 26 years old.
1: I do think we're seeing more and more stories of women that are older than in their 20s. And for people your age and my age, I think that's really appealing. I'd much rather read about somebody closer in age to me than somebody in their 20s. And I don't mind reading about somebody in their 20s, but it's also nice to read about older people.
0: Right, And you're just a totally different person. I mean, if I was in a room with my twenty five year old self right now, I don't even know if we'd get along. I mean, we're just you really you really change in you know, a couple of decades.
1: Oh, absolutely. You go through so many different things. I loved that Nora really liked Leo for who he was personally and not that he was a famous person. Like when she first met him, she wasn't awed by him at all, and she just wanted him out of her kitchen.
0: right. I loved that. Yeah, he grew on me too. I I wasn't so sure about him at the beginning and he softened as the story went on. I fell in love with him a little bit myself.
1: I did too. He was really delightful as the book progressed. And again, that was part of the issue with when things went wrong for them, you're like, wait a minute. But again, that's why I really liked the resolution.
0: And that's another thing. you know, When you're a parent, the things that you might find attractive about somebody change. You know, periodically I'll see my husband helping my kids with something and I'll think, God, that is so attractive because boy, do I not want to do that myself? You know, there's something about somebody stepping in with your children and helping out that is more attractive than, you know, being the sexiest man alive. Absolutely.
1: Or having a different perspective or being better at something than I am. Kind of back to the discussion about Nora not having anybody there or your mom not having anybody there to bounce it off. It's nice to have that second person to both split the duties and also to be able to talk through difficult things. Oh
0: gosh, it, it's invaluable.
1: Well, who was it harder to write, Nora or Leo?
0: At Nora, actually, I Leo just sort of wrote himself. I I found that to be quite easy, and all everything he said and his comments and his reactions um, just came kind of naturally. With Nora. I started sort of going off the rails because I was so crazy about Leo that I I had to remind her that she was a mother. Like I had to have her children walk through the room and ask her for a meal or a ride or whatever they were doing because just to remind her of who she was. So I think Leo was easier to write.
1: Okay. I love that. That's pretty funny. You're like, I'm having to rein Nora back in.
0: Yes. I mean, you can see how you'd go completely bananas for this guy. But meanwhile, somebody's got to get that chicken in the oven.
1: Well, it's back to what we were talking about before. The children are going to come first, but sometimes in a new situation like that, it's a little hard to remember that always.
0: Oh, yes. I mean, you can imagine someone might lock all their children in a closet. (laughs) I might. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Uh, So this is your first adult fiction book to write. You have written essays and you have written YA. Was there a big difference?
0: Yes. Um, I I think there was, I I think that when I was younger, I was writing YA. First of all, I love YA. I like to read YA, but I think that it uh, was a little bit easier for me because there was distance from my own life. So I was writing about a 17 year old girl and my perspective on that came from my perspective as a 17 year old girl. And that's a long time ago and we can laugh about that and whatever. But I think it took me a while to get to a place where I wanted to write about what it is to be a mother and what it is to be married and, you know, all the things that, you know, I'm still currently dealing with. It's very difficult to write a book without revealing a lot about yourself. And I don't know that I was really ready to do that until now, but it's been very satisfying and I really, really enjoyed it. Will you do it again? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it until they wheel me into the, or out of the nursing home.
1: So many more books will be coming down the
0: pike. Oh, I just would hope so. I, I mean, I'm working on one now. I have another, I have an idea for a third. I really, it, it doesn't feel like work at this point. I just feel, and maybe this is because I'm older, but I'm just getting so much joy out of it. I love working with my editor. I love my publisher. I, I just love the whole process. It's, it's been a lot of fun. I
1: think it's interesting when you're older and you find something that you love so much. I think you appreciate it more because you've been doing other things. I mean, you have been writing already, but you've been doing other things with your life, at least for me, like finally ending up where I am now with all of these wonderful book-related things that I do. I just find it such a joy and people are like, you're so busy. And I'm like, but I love it. I mean, it's, it's so much fun.
0: Yeah. You know, there's something about being busy where all the things you're busy with are things you want to do rather than things you have to do that just feels very good. It it's it's a different it's a happier kind of busy rather than, you know, having a bunch of chores.
1: Well, and you enjoy what you're doing versus having to be like, oh, I've got to get through this contract. I was a lawyer before. Or I've got to, you know, get this back to the client and it's not something that I absolutely loved versus this is so much fun talking about books all day.
0: Right. Right. And I think I think every year we, that we get older, there's just less fear of failure. Like who cares? Like let's just let's just have let's do our best and not worry too much about what people are going to think, or if it's a disaster. I just, I find it very freeing to be this age. That's a great point. And I think you're exactly right.
1: And you're doing it more for yourself, or at least I am. I'm like, you know, it's wonderful. I can talk to all these people, but I really like what I'm doing. And I do it for me because I enjoy it. And because I love highlighting authors and getting them out there in the world, but it's not something that I'm worried about what other people think most of the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if you're joyful doing it, you're just sort of throwing that feeling out and it comes back to you. I, you know, I wish I had just done something joyful to start out with when I was 21 years old.
1: I agree. But then you wonder, would I have really appreciated it then?
0: I wouldn't have been able to yeah, do it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I was such a hot mess. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't ready. Yeah, I think that's right.
1: Well, I love your website. And one of my favorite things to look at was the list of things that people don't know about you. Oh, I read Pride and Prejudice about every other year. So I was thrilled to pieces that you read it every year. It's my favorite Jane Austen story and really one of my favorite all-time books.
0: I laugh out loud. I just love it so much. I just, there are lines in that book that I just tickle me. So
1: I have a very important question, and there is a right answer. Which screen adaptation do you like better?
0: Oh, that's a good question. The only one I can remember is with um, oh no, I I can't, I can't think of two.
1: Well, I love the BBC one with Colin Firth. That's my favorite. That's the one.
0: It's Colin Firth.
1: And there's a Keira Knightley one, but they didn't stay faithful to the story at all. So sometimes people say they like it better. I'm like, but then you haven't read the book closely because the BBC one is so good and it really follows the whole story. Yeah, it's so good. Yes. There you go. That was the right answer. Oh, I want to watch that again. I know. I watch that once a year, actually. So it's just so good. And Colin Firth is so good in that. And you also mentioned you're in six secret Facebook groups. Okay. We have to talk about that.
0: Well, it's a secret. I, I don't <laughs> what kind of secret there, there was a time when there were all these, well, you, you know, the, the binders, the binders of writers, that's a secret Facebook group. I don't even know the binders of writers. With all these, it came out of when, gosh, was it Joe Biden who says, oh, we got binders of women. Oh, <laughs> There was was a long time ago. And so they they came up with this group of all these women writers um, who were in these groups. But then it split off into binders of writers with kids and with who are in New York and who are in. I don't know. They're all these these groups.
1: Okay, that's hilarious. I had no idea. I knew there were secret Facebook groups, but I didn't know about the binders of writers.
0: And there's and the rabbit hole. I can't even tell you. I just you. you, I I go on to Facebook to check things quickly, and then I get out because you can just keep clicking until until the day is done.
1: I do agree with that. You have to be careful. You have to get in, look at what you want to look at, and go. Or if not, two hours later, I'm like, oh, what happened?
0: (laughs) Now I thought about doing a thing with social media where I have a, a scheduled time to go on and engage with it. I haven't had the restraint to do this, but I, it's something I've thought about doing.
1: I've actually thought about trying to do more of that with my whole schedule, just really scheduling in, like, I'm going to work out at this time every day. I'm going to do the social media at this time every day. I feel like I would be so much more productive, but I haven't gotten there yet.
0: Yeah. You know, let's maybe next
1: year. Exactly. Well, let's talk about your title. How did you come up with Nora Goes Off Script?
0: So it's funny, when I, when I wrote this book and I was marketing this book, the title was The Tea House. And that is the name of there's there's a little structure behind Nora's house um, where she writes and she broke up with her husband there. And so the movie that she writes about her divorce is called The Tea House. So the name of the book was called The Tea House. And everyone who read my book said that it sounded like a very serious story that happens in China. Oh, I was going to say in the past, like it sounds like historical fiction. Yes, it just sounds like exactly the opposite of what it is. So I had to give up that title. So it, my editor asked me to make a list, just brainstorm a list of other possible titles. And I probably gave her 50 of them. And this was one of them. So th- that's just, this This is the one they picked. Um, and I like it because I do... I do like how she is a person who is in a very regimented life. You know, she has she has her day wired so that she can survive and she goes completely off script from what she planned for herself. So I, I like the title.
1: I love the title. I think it's perfect for the book and it does make you think it's going to be about what it's about versus, as you said, the tea house sending people thoughts of China or the past.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm not good at titles. I I, I admit it. Every time I come up with one, it's it doesn't work.
1: That's one of the things I've really learned through doing this podcast is how much people tie into titles and covers both, but that that really sends signals. You know, there's some titles that sound like thrillers. There are some titles that sound like rom-coms. There are some titles that sound like historical fiction or they're set elsewhere. It's really interesting how your mind will key into those things.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting too. Uh, The other thing I find really interesting is how much other people are experts in this kind of thing. Like, there are people who are great at picking the title. There are people who know exactly what the cover should look like. And I think it's important as an author to stay in your own lane. Like, I have opinions about things, but the people who are experts in cover design, I'm not going to tell them what to do. Like, how about I'll write the book and then you guys do all that other stuff that you're an expert at.
1: Well, and how many people along the way are involved in the book and are experts at little parts of it. As you said, the cover, the title, the interior of the book, the editor, the publicist, the marketer. I mean, there are so many roles to get your book out into the world. And that to me wasn't really a surprise because I knew, I guess, most of those roles existed, but just the process and the reason why it does sometimes take so long because there's a lot involved.
0: There's a lot and and they do a lot for you to support your book. I mean, the care that goes in. I just got my first box of books delivered to my house and opened it. And even just taking off the cover and looking at the actual book, the care that went into the design of that, it's just, it's incredible. A lot of love goes into a book and I think you got to let everybody do their own job.
1: I think that's a great point. Well, before we wrap up, I would love to hear what you've read recently that you really liked.
0: Mm, I've read so many things I've really liked. A lot of them are are coming out soon or not out yet. Are those okay answers?
1: Absolutely. I love knowing those because it gives me a list of what's coming up in case I haven't caught something.
0: Oh boy, i I mean, it just like blown my mind in September. The Matchmaker's Gift by Linda Cohen Loigman is coming out, and it is it's magic. Uh, it's like the best way to describe it. It's a dual timeline with a grandmother who has a gift for matchmaking. She can pick your soulmate. And a present day, her granddaughter is looking for love. And the story goes back and forth, and it is just fantastic.
1: I've heard such wonderful things about it. And through my Patreon program for the podcast, we do early reads a month ahead and then meet with the author before the book comes out. And she's my August pick. So we're going to get the book in July or August, and then meet with her in August before it comes out in September.
0: Oh gosh! Can I come on again so we can talk about it? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you can join us. <laughs> it is so good. That's what I keep hearing. There's another book coming out in September called um, "The Frederick Sisters Are Living the Dream" by Jeannie Zussi, and it is it's a story of a, a woman, a woman at middle age who is caring for her special needs sister, and it's funny and it's heartbreaking and sort of ends up you're like, well, who's really taking care of who here? It's just a wonderful book about sisters and family.
1: That sounds great. And I don't know that one. See, that's why I'm happy when people start talking about books coming out in the future. Cause I'm like, oh, I need to add that one to my list.
0: Oh no. You're absolutely going to love it. Okay, good. Amy Popple is one of my favorite writers and she has a book coming out called the sweet spot that is just such a perfect book. And it takes place down in um, Greenwich Village in New York City. And all these people's lives intersect over taking care of this baby. And it is, I mean, if you've read her before, it's just it's exactly as funny as you expect it to be. But it's just such a smart, smart story. I think, I think that's February of 2023, but I'm not sure.
1: I adore both Amy and all of her books. I have read all of them. I've interviewed her for the podcast. I've actually hosted her for our literary salon here in Houston. She is delightful and her books are some of my favorites. I recommend all three of them to people all the time.
0: I do too. I, I Anytime anybody asks me for a book, I just dig into my stash and I hand them one of Amy's. I'm so jealous that you've already gotten to read it. Oh, it's so good.
1: Well, Annabelle, this has been wonderful. I have said it several times, but I'll say it again. I absolutely loved Nora Goes Off Script and I can't wait for everyone to get to read it.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Don't you know that you're a crime?